We all want to hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant, and we want our lives to count for him, and we want to gain rewards. In fact, one of the things we think about is Romans chapter 7, verse 4 says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, you were also put to death with regard to the law. We died through the law through the body of Christ, so that we might belong to another. We belong to Christ and were risen from the dead, to him who was raised from the dead, and look at what he says, in order that, the whole idea we died and rose again, in order that we might bear fruit for God. When we've talked about the vine and the branches, that's the whole idea of of the goal of being fruitful. That's the plan. And last time we saw abiding in Christ and the fact that when you trust in Christ as Savior, you're in Christ. And abiding in Christ means remaining in fellowship with Him. A lot of people get confused and when it says, I'm the vine, you're the branches and, and all of that. The bottom line is, we are the branches. And whether we abide in Him or not is based on whether we stay in fellowship with Him or not. So if you notice in John chapter 15, look at verse 1, and I've got the verses like John 15, 1, that Jesus is the true vine. He says, I'm the true vine and my Father's the vine dresser. Uh, vine dresser. And down at verse 5, He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He's the vine, we are the branches. And that's that's who we are. And so the goal is to abide in him, being in fellowship with him. Now, we we raised four questions. Let me give you the the two that we're going to look at this morning. And that's that why, why should we produce fruit? Why does it matter whether we produce fruit or not? Because let me just say this, a lot of Christians don't produce much fruit. Let's put it that way. So why? And then the second is, what is the result of abiding in him. So let me remind you of the four questions that we started with last time. What is fruit? Like what is growth? How do we grow? How, do, how is there producing fruit? And that's the whole idea of, you know, fruit and more fruit and much fruit, that kind of thing. And then we talked about why. This is what we're going to see this morning. Why should we produce fruit? Because let me say this. If you don't produce fruit, are you still, do you still have eternal life and you're saved forever? Yeah, so some people could say, what difference does it make? In fact, I, I talked to a person, they live in the northern part of the United States, and they've been watching our stuff, and so they're, they're a little bit confused because they grew up thinking that you have to be good enough to go to heaven. That's what they thought. Then they've been listening to our things, and they realized that salvation is by faith alone and Christ alone. So this person now says, I believe that salvation is a gift, but if it's a gift and I can't lose it and I'm saved forever, then... Why would I care how I live and what difference does it make how I live? Because I'm still, I still have eternal life. And we would say, well, it deals with rewards and it's pleasing God and all those kind of things. So the question would be, why should, why should we produce fruit? I'm sorry, go back if you would. Why should we produce fruit? Why? And then the other one is, what are the results of the abiding and staying in there, so staying in com- communication with him? So let me remind you of something. We're talking about, when we talk about abiding, and producing fruit, we're talking about being in fellowship with God because apart from him, you can do what? Yeah. Nothing. So, so here we, we started with the four questions. The first one last week, there. what is fruit? What is growth? We repro- it's where we lead people to Christ. We reproduce ourselves. We have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. That's living like Christ. And then doing good deeds. Those, the Bible says that's all fruit. So we want to produce fruit. The second one, it, the second question, how do we grow and how do we produce fruit? And we saw that Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. We have to stay in him. We saw that there's some believers who produce no fruit and he lifts up. And then there's believers who are producing fruit and he prunes. And we see that there's uh, some that then do more fruit and he says, keep abiding, keep abiding. So so you can produce much fruit. And we said that's the key. And uh, if you look, to abide in him is the growth. Look at verse 4. 
John 15, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. He's basically saying, you want to produce fruit? Just like a branch, if a branch is connected to the vine, it's going to be able to produce. But if it's broken off, it's not going to be able to produce. He says, abide in me and I in you. A branch can't produce fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. You can't unless you abide in me. Then he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me, he who abides in me and I in him, that is that connection, that fellowship, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we've been thinking about this, and we saw those are the first two questions that we saw last week. And so the bottom line for every one of us in this room is we want to produce fruit, right? I mean, we, we're, the next question is going to be, why? But the bottom line is we're connected with him, we're in fellowship with him, and when we do that, we produce fruit. But you, can, you don't have to abide. Salvation, John always uses the word believe. Fellowship, he always uses the word abide. Let me remind you of something just for fun. The Gospel of John, uh, 98 times in the Gospel of John, he uses the word believe because he's talking about eternal life salvation. Only in John 15 does he use the word abide because he's talking about fellowship. You go to the book of 1 John, and in 1 John, he's talking about abiding and fellowship. And the whole book of 1 John, he uses the word abide, 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 except for chapter 5, when he says how you can know you have eternal life. He says, whoever believes in me or believes in him has eternal life, and you can know that you have eternal life. So whenever John wants to talk about eternal life, he uses believe. Whenever he wants to talk about fellowship, he uses abide. John 15, abide, abide, abide in me, abide in me. That's what he keeps saying over and over again. That takes us to our third question. Why produce fruit? Why does it matter? Now, let me ask you this question again. So whether we produce fruit or not, do we have eternal life if we have believed in Jesus Christ? Yes. Okay, so is he, the moment you believe in Christ, what does he give you? Eternal life. So you have it right then. It's not something you get at the end. You know, there are a lot of people who are confused and they say, yeah, you can believe in Jesus and you get eternal life when you die. No, you get eternal life the exact moment that you believe. John 5, 24, truly, truly I say to you, here's my word and believes him who sent me has, has, present tense, has eternal life. So I hope and pray every one of us in this room, you'd say, oh, and we all have eternal life. So then the question would be, if you have eternal life and how you live has no bearing on your eternal destiny. Why produce fruit? Why would you? Well, here's the first one, okay? We're accountable. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, we'll all stand before the <clears throat> judgment seat of Christ to be rewarded. Romans 10, <clears throat> I mean, excuse me, Romans 14, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each one of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Every one of us in this room, individually, will stand before Jesus Christ to be rewarded for how we lived. And so if you say, well, it doesn't matter how I live, I know I have eternal life. Well, when you stand before Jesus Christ, the issue isn't eternal life. You have eternal life. The issue is, how did you live? Did you have rewards? What kind of things? Did you produce fruit? Did you abide? All those kind of things. And so there's going to come a time that we're going to be accountable and the judgment seat of Christ sounds bad when it says judgment, but it's the word bema, and it means rewarding. And every one of us will stand before Jesus Christ to be rewarded. 
And, and, and we'll talk more about that in just a second. So the second one, the second key is, you know, why produce goes, our works will be tested. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, it says this, for no man can lay a foundation other than which is laid as Jesus Christ. So he starts off and he says, the foundation is when you trust in Christ, there's this foundation, and then you're going to build on it, which is the rewards. He goes on to say, now if any man builds upon that foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or straw. And he's using this as an example, and he says, when you live as a believer, you can either build with gold and silver and precious stone, or you can do with wood and hay and straw. Now, why is he doing it this way? What's he saying? He's saying, how you live is going to be tested. You know, our works will be tested. He goes on to say in verse, in verse 13, and you can, I think, click, let me click 13, and then we'll read 14 and 15. He says, each man's work will become evident. It'll be evident of how you served. For the day will show it. What day? The day you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Because it will be revealed by fire. And he's using this analogy because he just said gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, or straw. And it will fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. We're each one going to be tested. He goes on to say, if any man work which he builds upon remains, he'll receive a ward. If any man's work is burned up, he'll suffer loss, but he himself will be saved as through fire. There's going to come a time when how we lived... Did we do things in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's gold, silver, and precious stone? Did we do things in the power of the flesh, or did we do things with the wrong motive? Or we did, and, and then not necessarily sins. Did, did we do well, help a little old lady across the street and say, people are watching me, I want people to know I'm a good person? That's not going to be a reward. When the religious leaders went out front and prayed in front of people, Jesus said, they already have their reward. Their reward is that the people saw them. Listen, you can be rewarded now by other people seeing you if that's what you want, or you can be rewarded when you stand before your Savior. And each one is going to be tested. He goes on, I think I got it. If any man's work which he has built on remains not... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, we have a, We're having a slide deal. This thing won't work. And so Brian's doing it back there for me. He's doing a great job. He did it all in the first service. So it's hard for him to know when to change the slide. You've got 13... Yeah, there we go. So he basically says it's going to be... Uh, taken care of that way. Here's the third key. I think it should be the third thing, and that is we gain rewards. So what have we seen so far? We've seen that uh, we're going to be accountable. We've seen that our works will be tested. We see that we can gain rewards, and that's why I love this verse right here. If anyone's work which he has built on remains, he will receive a reward. Now, God is using, he's using this weird example. He says, here's this foundation. It's Jesus like the foundation. Now you're going to build on the foundation and some of it's going to be gold and silver and precious stone and some of it's going to be wood and hay and straw and all this. And when the time comes, it's going to set fire to the whole thing. And anything that remains, now the gold, silver and precious stone is going to remain. But the wood, the hay and straw is going to be burned up. And that's why he said, and if any man's work is burned up, he's going to suffer loss. Loss of what? Rewards, not life, not salvation, loss of rewards, but he himself shall be saved. And so here he says, if anyone's work which he has built on remains, he gets a reward. So why does it matter whether we serve him? Well, uh, we're going to be accountable to him. Our works will be tested, and we can actually gain rewards. First Corinthians 9 says, run the race that you may what? Get the prize. Now, let me just say something. I'm going to throw this out. I talk to people, and we talk about rewards. Now, most people are never taught about rewards. Most people are taught that salvation is the reward, 
You live righteously, you do the right things, you make it to the end, and then God rewards you with salvation. When you start telling them about rewards and say, no, 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 salvation is a gift, costs you nothing, but rewards are earned as you serve Jesus Christ, and then he rewards you. And they say, I I don't want that. I'm, I'm not selfish. I don't care about getting rewards. And you say, really? Well, what did Jesus tell you to do? Run the race that you may what? Get the prize? Think about it. Who told you to run and get the rewards? Is getting rewards selfish? Is getting rewards selfish? No. What did he tell you to do? Run that you get a prize. He said, live in such a way that you bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. And so anybody that wants to tell you that, oh, that's selfish, I don't want to get rewards... Well, first of all, then you're saying to God, I'm not listening to you. You told me to get rewards. I'm not going to do it. That's what we're really doing. So you know what we should say? You want me to get rewards? I'll get rewards. I'll try the best I can. I'll try to live in such a way that you will be glorified and that this work that remains, uh, you know, that I'll run and get the prize and the works that remain uh, run so that I can get it and whatever I built on will remain. Now, there's another reason. Because we've seen that we'll be accountable, that we'll be tested, that we can gain rewards. But here's number four. We don't want to be ashamed. What? 1 John 2.28 says, when he comes, we could be ashamed at his coming. And he basically says, if you're not abiding, if you're not living for him, if you're not doing what God wants you to do, we will be ashamed because our works will be burned up. I mean, I mean, let's just face it. What, what if we're there and there's our stuff and it goes, boom. And then it says, you'll be saved as through the what? The fire. And you go, and he says, sorry, you don't have anything left. And you'll say, I'm so ashamed that I lived my life in such a way that Jesus Christ was not glorified. I ran the race, but I didn't really run the race. I I built with wood, hay, and straw instead of gold, silver, and precious stone. And our works will be burned up, and we'll be ashamed. And so the truth is this. When when you live for Jesus Christ, and you say, I I, want to run the race with endurance, I I want him to, to say, well done, good and faithful servant. If we don't, we'll be ashamed at his coming. And that's powerful. And here's the last one. That we'll, that rewards please God. Remember he said for you to do them and some people say that's selfish. No, no, it's not selfish. It's what pleases God. Look what he says, Colossians 1.10. So that you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. The word walk in a manner means you live your Christian life worthy of Christ to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good way. How do you please him in all respects? You bear fruit. When you bear fruit and you have rewards, he says, I am very pleased, well done, good and faithful servant. What do you want to hear? Why, why do you want to abide? Why does it matter how you live since you do have eternal life and you're saved and saved forever? Why does it matter? Well, it matters because you're accountable. It matters because... Rewards are pleasing to God. It matters because you don't want to be ashamed at his coming. It matters because you want to get rewarded for the things that God has done through you. Now, here's something you think to think about. When you say, I, I want to get rewards, I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. How do you do that? 
We already talked about it. You have to what? You have to abide in him. You have to be close to him. You have to live in his power. You have to live based on the scripture and his power. So is it you doing it or him doing it through you? It's him doing it through you. So when, when you stand there, it's not a pride aspect. It's not like I'm pretty proud of what I've done. No, you haven't done anything. God took the gifts, talents, and abilities that he gave to you, took your body that he gave to you, took the word of God that he gave to you, the Holy Spirit that he gave to you, and the fellow believers that he gave to you, and says, I'm going to take you and use you for my glory if you'll be faithful and abide in me. And so when we stand before Jesus Christ, it's not, look what I did, it's look what God did, what? Through me. That's what it is. So uh, we want to hear him say, well done, good, and faithful servant, because it says that please, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work. Wow. So powerful stuff. We got one more question, and here's the other question. That is, what is the result? What happens when we abide? When there's the communication, the vine and the branches and abiding in him and all that. We've already, we've answered the questions like what is, you know, what are rewards and, and fruit and how does, how does he produce it from no fruit to fruit to more fruit to much fruit? How does he do that? We've act, looked at it and said, why should we do it? We saw those five things. Well, now what is the results? Now you're in John 15. He's actually going to tell us what is the results of abiding with him. Okay. The first one is this. We will produce fruit. We will come to be like Christ. We'll, 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 people will come to Christ. There'll be salvation. We'll be like Christ. We'll do good works. Uh, look at verses 4 and 5. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears what? He bears much fruit from apart from me. You can do nothing. So what is the result of abiding? What is the result of abiding? You're going to do what? Produce fruit. Yeah, you're going to produce fruit. There's going to be growth. So if you do what he tells us to do, we'll produce fruit. That'll be fantastic. It'll be wild. Look at the second one. Effective prayer. Have you ever said, I don't know, I pray and it seems like it's hitting the ceiling. I pray and it doesn't seem like he hears me. I pray and you, know, and you sometimes say you feel that way. Well, that's not ever true, but that sometimes we feel that way. But look what he says. Look at verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Now, so not only are you in fellowship with him, but the scripture is the key. My words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. Answer prayer, effective prayer. Does that mean you say, boy, Lord, I want a Mercedes? No, no. When you're abiding in him, and his words are abiding in you, you're saying this, Lord, this is what I'd like, but I don't always know everything. So whatever your will is, Lord, I just want your will in this. You tell me to be anxious or nothing but to tell you, but this is what I want, or this is what I think's best. But however, Lord, not my will, but your will. Because when we line up with the Scripture, how do you know what's right and wrong? How do you know what to pray for? I mean, some things you don't, but a lot of things you do because it's based on the Scripture. And so effective prayer. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, notice my words Abide in you. That's the word of God touching you, so to speak. Whatever you wish, ask it, and it'll be done for you. Now, that doesn't mean you have a blank thing just to say to God, I want this done. He's saying, you're going to be praying according to what? The will of God. We know in 1 John, he says, when you pray according to the will of God, you know you will have what you ask. Because it's according to what? The will of God. It's that simple. So, it's powerful. So, first of all, There'll be fruit. 
Second, there'll be effective prayer. The third thing, look at this. God will be glorified. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what we want? Look at verse 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit so that you prove to be my disciples. God is glorified when we do what? Produce no fruit. Produce fruit. How about more fruit? How about what? Much fruit. Listen, God's glorified when you bear much fruit and you prove to be his, say it, disciples. Is there a difference between being a disciple and being a believer? Answer is yes. How do you prove you're a believer? <laughs> you don't prove to other people, but when you trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, he says, I give you eternal life and you're saved. You're a believer. How do you prove you're a disciple? When you live righteously and godly, when you live according to the word of God, when you abide in him, when you produce much fruit, God is glorified. You know what he said? He said, if you love one another, they will know you are my what? Disciples. Look, there's a way to tell. There's a difference between a believer and a disciple. Everyone who believes in Jesus Christ for eternal life is a believer. Everyone who lives for Jesus Christ and serves him and uses their gifts, talents, and ability and do all these things, they're disciples. And if we're going to make disciples, you're going to have to be a what? A disciple. You can't just be floating through life and make disciples. You have to know the scripture and apply it and put it in your life and then be able to take it and help somebody else. Wow, God will be glorified. What do you not know? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. That's what we do. Well, there's one more. Joy. There'll be joy in our lives. Our joy will be full. Look down at verse 11. These things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. What is he spoken about in these first 11 verses? What is he spoken about? Producing fruit. Producing fruit. Abiding in him. He's the true vine. With the branches. Abide in me. If you abide in me, you produce fruit. In fact, it'll start off with no fruit and then more fruit and much fruit. And that's what you're going to produce. And by that, I'm glorified. By that, it's pleasing. By that, there's effective prayer. By that, there's joy in your life. Joy always comes from being in fellowship with God. Happiness is circumstances. Like yesterday, I was really happy at the ball game. Right? That's circumstances. Joy is whether we win or lose. Joy is based on your fellowship with God. He said, if you're abiding in me, if all these things I've spoken to you, it, do these things so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Wow, that's powerful stuff. I mean, that's really powerful. So Jesus Christ is the vine and the believers were the branches. And we must abide in him to maintain the fellowship so that we can produce the fruit. So we stow with no fruit to fruit to more fruit to even much fruit. And that when we stand before our Savior, he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. So here's the question. Are you growing as a Christian? Are you abiding? Am I abiding? And when I say are you, I'm saying you collective here. What, what are we doing? But it goes back to each one individually. So we could say, how about me? 
Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I connected? Am I abiding? Am I doing all these things? And are you? And the truth is this, when we do this, what's going to happen? Well, let's think about some application for a second. Let's abide in Christ. He's the vine, we're the branches. And so how do we do that? Well, we confess our sin, we make sure we stay in fellowship with him. The second thing is we obey the word of God because that's abiding. And then what's the third thing? It's maintain our prayer, maintain connected with him. When we do that, we're abiding in him. And so that second aspect is this. Let's realize the result of abiding. What happens when we abide? Well, the first thing is we produce fruit. And I just put the word fruit there, but it should be what? What do we want? Much fruit. We go with there's no fruit to fruit to more fruit to much fruit. I mean, the goal is that we produce fruit and that, that, that we, it comes out in our lives. And that's really the plan, to produce fruit. The second thing, there'll be answered prayer. Because he says, if, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, it'll be done for you. You've got to be careful on verses like this. Because I've known people who say, all you have to do is name it and claim it. All you have to do is say, whatever you want, God's obligated to give it to you. No, he's not. He's saying, you're abiding in me, and my words are abiding in you. There's a deal there, and that means we're going to be in fellowship with him and knowing his word and living out his word. What's the third thing? The third thing is God is glorified. That's kind of the ultimate goal of a believer, isn't it? That, that thus glorify God in your body. Let your light shine in such a way. That, that they will see it. And my father, Jesus said, let your light shine so that my Father in heaven will be what? Glorified. And then the last one, there'll be joy in our lives. We need joy. Happiness doesn't go very long. You can be real happy one weekend and not so happy the next weekend, right? You can be real happy at something and then not real happy. You can say, oh, I can hardly wait to get this hamburger. And then you go, you know, this thing is not very good. You were happy, and now you're not happy. Joy is based on your fellowship with God. And it, it doesn't have to change. If you abide in him, you're going to have what? These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you. Do these things, and your joy may be made full. May we abide in our Savior so that we can produce fruit, that one day we'll hear him say what? Well done, good and faithful servant.